Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good people from around the world who want to make a difference. The engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. The only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up episode. And today we are following up on our season premiere of season four, episode 401, David or Goliath. And as you know, I'm your host, Bob Ruff. And I'm your co-host, Mike Bussing. So before we get into uh, all the questions, I know there was a ton of discussion on both the fan page and Twitter and the Truth and Justice podcast uh, Facebook page. Before we get into that, I did want to give you guys a little bit of an update uh, as far as our donations to the Innocence Project of Texas. To give you guys a little bit of perspective, the DNA testing for Jesse Eldridge's case is costing the Innocence Project of Texas right around, I believe, $5,500, $5,400. I know it's somewhere between $5,000 and $6,000. As of one week ago today, I got an email uh, from one of the reps at the Innocence Project of Texas to let us know that at that point, we were currently up to just, uh, it was like $4,934. So first of all, hats off to all of you and a huge thank you to everyone who has donated so far. And I think we might have already gotten there, but uh, if we haven't, if you, I want to one more time, and I won't keep beating your brains out over this over and over again. But for anyone who wants to donate or or who has even considered it, we are, uh, I think, probably around five hundred dollars away, or at least we were last week, from being able to say that the Truth and Justice Army one hundred percent fully funded all of the DNA testing. For Jesse Eldridge, 100% completely paid for by the Truth and Justice Army. So uh, I would love to see us get there. And of course, there's going to be another big bill coming in with Ed Aitz's DNA testing. There's a little more you know, hoops to jump through with that one. That's why it's taken a little bit longer uh, between Allison and uh, Matt Bingham in Smith County. As far as I know uh, from talking to Allison, that seems to be on track. Everything's going okay. It's just a slower process. I can't really get into all the hoops that are being jumped through, but we are getting closer to DNA testing there. That's going to be another bill. So one more time, uh, I would love to really, we, I mean, we've already had a huge, awesome showing um, of people representing truth and justice uh, so far with what even even with what we already have. It's been it's just been incredible. I'm really proud to be a part of this. Um, but if, if you haven't donated yet, you can go to IPofTexas.org. That's IPofTexas.org. 
and you click the donate button. It's super easy. It takes one minute. You can do it right on our website. Uh, just make sure in the, ha- in the comment section, put hashtag truth and justice army. So they know that you're part of our group that's donating and they know where that money is intended to go. But um, other than that, I just want to say, and I know you're, you're chomping the bit to get started, Mike, uh, but I wanted to touch on that and, and just let you know that I'm just, I'm so just, just hats off to all of you. I think it is, it is really speaks volumes to the dedication of all of you that uh, Allison is able to go to her bosses at the Innocence Project uh, to, to Mike Ware and and tell them, listen, all this DNA testing for Jesse Eldridge, the Truth and Justice Army has paid for it completely. So thank you all so much. And uh, all right, now, Mike, now we can go ahead and get started with this week's follow-up. Awesome. All right, Bob, the first thing I want to get into is could you quickly break down the five robberies? I know that in episode 401, you broke them down very specifically, uh, and there was a lot of information to take in there. So if you could, really quick, just rehash the five robberies that got George Powell convicted. Yeah, okay. Uh, the first thing to point out is that only one robbery technically, and you're you're right, uh, and which we'll get into in 402 coming on Sunday, uh, but technically only one robbery got George Powell convicted. And that was the June 9th, 2008 robbery of the 7-Eleven in Colleen, Texas. And that was the fifth and final robbery, right? That's correct. Exactly okay. right. Uh, so, But let's back up. So all of these robberies took place in 2008 between May 22nd and June 9th. So we're talking about just a couple of weeks here. And the robberies span across two towns. That, and they're really only, I think for the map I looked, they're about seven or eight miles apart. Uh, but there's a county line in between there. So... We have two towns. We have Copperas Cove, and we have Killeen, Texas, K-I-L-L-E-E-N. And so the first robbery was on May 22nd, and that was in Copperas Cove, and it was at a Texaco station. And that's the one we don't have the police report to that one specifically. Um, and I spoke with or emailed with Tamara, which is George's fiance, who is really up to date on the case and has, has done a lot to drive it forward. Uh, and she doesn't have that one either. So, but it's referenced in the other ones, in the other reports. So, the first one is May twenty second in Copper's Cove at a Texaco. That's robbery number one. Robbery number two was on May twenty eighth, so it's six days later, at a Valero gas station in Killeen. Which uh, point of reference? Killeen is where George Powell actually lived at the time. Okay. So yeah, so robbery number two was the Valero gas station in Killeen, and 75 bucks were stolen in that one. And robbery number three was the very next night, May 29th, back in Copper's Cove at a Mickey's convenience store. And this was the biggest haul out of all five. There was $522 stolen out of the Mickey's in Copper's Cove. So so real quick, we got robbery one, Copper's Cove, Texaco. Robbery two is the Valero in Killeen. Robbery three is back in Copper's Cove at Mickey's. And then a week goes by, and then robbery number four is at another Mickey's, but this one is in Killeen at 902 West Jasper Drive. And there we have $153 stolen. And then the fifth and final robbery was the next night, June 9th, and that was the 7-Eleven at 1000 West W.S. Young Street in Killeen. And that's where the robber got away with $12 cash and four cartons of cigarettes. So real quick. Number one, May 22nd, Texaco, Copperas Cove. Number two, May 28th, Valero, Colleen. 
Number three, May 29th, Mickey's in Copper's Cove. Number four, June 8th, Mickey's in Killeen. And number five, June 9th, the 7-Eleven in Killeen. Okay, so we have five robberies in two different towns. And are we sure they're all by the same robber? Yeah, uh, Detective Carl Ortiz was the detective that ended up working on all five cases as one case. So he's a Killeen detective, which again is in a different county than Copper's Cove. But by the time I think the fourth, or maybe it was even after the fifth robbery uh, occurred, it became quite apparent that this was the same guy. And so he kind of took the lead, even though two of the robberies were in a different county. He testified at trial that he definitely believed they were all committed by the same person. I have seen the surveillance videos from all five, and I can tell you with 100% assurity, the same guy. Absolutely. I mean, he looks identical, dresses the same, same MO, same gun, same everything. So, yes, it was definitely the same guy for all five robberies. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, and then one question we got an email from a listener named Moses. He wants to know, did the police look in other jurisdictions for robberies with a similar MO and suspect description? Uh, that's a really good question, and they, they certainly should have. But, you know, this is one of the reasons why... Uh, you know, if you listen to Jim Clemente talk, he'll say that, you know, a lot of serial killers don't ever get caught or they don't get tied together. Um, as a matter of fact, I think he has a new podcast coming out where uh, they're talking about a case very similar to this. And and what I'm getting at is a smart serial killer hits different areas. They move around, you know, so they they commit a, a murder in one state and then another state and then another state and then another state. And this, they're never tied together because you'd think there'd be some big national database that is automatically ding 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 linking these together uh but as you and i know from working in public safety it, it doesn't really work that way right uh, you know there's unless they're all making like national news they're usually not going to be linked so uh in an ideal world yeah they would link them together and now in this case the five robberies cross county lines but you know we're talking a couple of miles apart so you know these guys are and we've we've had similar situations to that too you know where we worked where you know, we would we would meet for coffee with the neighboring fire department, uh, the guys from across the uh, across the county lines, uh, and also my old job, same thing. Um, and we would train together and things. So there's discussions. So this could very easily have just been a couple of guys having breakfast, and man, we got these two robberies. Well, hey, we got three just like it. But as far as I know, uh, we have no record of them searching. You know, other surrounding areas and counties to see if there were similar robberies, to see if this was more of a spree than we think it is. It does seem odd that they stop on June 9th. Yeah. You know, they did because he never got caught, uh, as far as we know. And uh, George Powell wasn't arrested for a few weeks later. 
So I, I, I've been curious since we started this case, and, and we're kind of learning about this case too. It's important to point out to the listeners that we're learning about this case a day ahead of the listeners. You know, this 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 was not the plan. This was a request by the Innocence Project of Texas for us to take the case. And so we're, you know, we're getting into it as quickly as we can. George Powell just uh, day before yesterday when we're recording this on Monday had an evidentiary hearing. So we're getting results back from that and getting some information about that still. But um, so there could have been something like this. But as far as I know, from what I've read in the trial transcripts so far, uh, I don't see any indication that they searched outside of this. And, and a big question I have, and I think a good indication of George Powell's innocence, is the fact that the robberies stop on June 9th. And, you know, the robber makes away with $12. So, you know, if he had a real need for money, I don't think, you know, his couple of cartons of cigarettes and 12 bucks was going to sustain him for very long, but he stopped. So I suspect that probably after June 9th, our robber is probably in jail somewhere, is my guess. Sure. While we're talking about the cigarettes, in the last robbery, the robber took 12 bucks and was it four cartons of cigarettes? Yeah, two packs of, two cartons of Marlboros and two cartons of Newports. Right. Um, there was a ton of discussion about that on social media. A lot of different opinions from folks. Some people think they were taken to smoke, and some people think they were taken to sell. What do you think? Well, I I think they were taken to smoke, but I mean that doesn't mean I'm right. Um, some people made some really good points. They said you know Newports and Marlboros are two very popular brands of cigarettes, and they would be easy to sell at you know half a market value on the street. Very good point. Very likely could be the case, you know, but. You're you're Robbie. You're in a high risk situation. You know you know you're being recorded on a camera. You know you have an eyewitness. You know people can come into the store, and so instead of just saying, "Give me a bunch of cigarettes," you know he specifically, and you can see in the video, which I do want to point out for some of this discussion. Uh, if you go to the the Truth and Justice podcast YouTube feed, and if you're having a hard time finding that, just go to either the discussion page or our Twitter feed or our Facebook page. Uh, because we put some links up, but I have put up the two different angles of the surveillance video from 7-Eleven on both those feeds with some cold, with some poll questions. And so uh, getting back to what I was talking about then, when you look at the video, you see him lean over the counter and point specifically to the cigarettes he wants. And she hands him two, two cartons of each. And... To me, I, you know, if you're just going to quickly just grab something to get some street cash out of, you just say, give me some cigarettes. And you don't specifically say, I want two of those and two of the. He's like the most polite armed robber ever. Yeah. The guy that robbed these stores. You know, it's like he he goes through all the trouble, pulls the gun out. He's 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 facing the minute he pulled that gun out, he's facing up to life in prison. <laughs> and he gets twelve dollars. Twelve dollars, and and he doesn't blow his cork. You think he'd be furious, and he just says, "Oh, okay, I'll have a couple of cartons of cigarettes." Right, and so he he gets and he and he says, "I'll have two Marlboro and two uh, Newport." So my point is, if you can easily sell, as some of these people have said, you can easily sell cigarettes on the street for whatever half their value. Well, then why not just say four Marlboros? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not running a convenience store. He doesn't need you know, a variety of options for his customers. You know, he's just, so the fact that he asks specifically for two different types in my, and it's just, it is one, and I don't mean to, to demean anybody else's opinion on this either, but just in my opinion, I'm just trying to tell you where I'm coming from. That's why I think that those were specifically for him and someone else. 
Right. Unless he's somebody that smokes reds and occasionally likes a menthol, and this is before the days of the Camel Crush. And also, I just want to point out that it's, it is interesting that he only took four cartons because uh, I would think if he wanted to make the most of his robbery, he would have taken more than four. But then you could argue that he didn't want to look too conspicuous walking out with, you know, two arms full of, of cartons of cigarettes. I guess. But I think also, if you, if you think about that, there are several indicators of the robber's height and size in those videos. And the cigarette cartons are one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I put the, the YouTube videos out and I ask people on all our different social media... First, I said, how tall do you think he is? And, and that was before a lot of people listened. Uh, and then the second question was, uh, how tall do you think he is compared to the cashier without giving them any information? And then finally revealed how tall the cashier was. But So these are all indicators of his height. I was kind of trying to lead people down you know, a, kind of a, a, a path to, to break apart the video to really assess. And some people did some amazing work. Uh, Don McElhaney. Is from Texas. I want to, he, He's an engineer. He did some great work on some of those discussions. Uh, one of our listeners who had, um, you know, he had, he had used some indicators. I think he called the Seven Eleven to figure out how high the tape markers are on the door, uh, and he drew, um, you know, drew lines at some, you know, engineering whizzy stuff and came up with the height of the of the suspect. But anyway, what I was getting at is, you look at the size of the cigarette cartons in his hand, and it's a pretty good indicator. Because one thing I thought was. Just like you said, why not get more? Well, two cartons in each arm was filling up the arms of this dude. Right. George Powell is six foot freaking three. His arms come down to his knees. He could have carried 10 cartons in each arm. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's not that this guy couldn't carry more than two, but it was an armful mm-hmm. where literally George Powell could have carried the, the two cartons in his hands, two in each hand. Yeah. Also, there's some confusion about some of the witnesses describing the robbers being very pale, tan, or possibly Hispanic in one of them. So if everyone's so sure that all five robbers are the same guy, why the different descriptions? I don't know. I I guess what I can tell you, if I can jump back to how we open things up, that it definitely is the same guy. I mean, it's literally the same hat. And and I mean, it's the same guy, 100%. And when you see the videos, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Definitely, in my opinion, a white guy. Uh, I don't see any indications of him being Hispanic, um, but I think it could be because, I don't know, he's wearing long sleeves, so you don't see much of his skin. You know, you see his hands and his face, which have, you know, he's wearing a hat and sunglasses, so I guess that could be some of the reasons why, because they're, and so if the guy's wearing, in a couple of the robberies, a white long sleeve shirt, but when you're wearing white, it's going to make you look darker. Okay. Um, so that could be it. Um, I, I, I really don't know. I, I, I can definitely say that it's the same guy and I, I found the same because it's not even like someone described him as being pale and then someone described him later as being tan a week later. Like, well, maybe he went out in the sun. It was the other way around. It was like he was described, I think, in robbery number two as being tan, possibly of Hispanic origin. And then it was like robbery number three where they said, I think it's specifically in the written statement said, looked like he was pale, like he hadn't been out in the sun in a long time. Right. Uh, so he didn't get untan in, in a day between the two robberies. Right. So I, I think it's just, you know, as we know, eyewitness testimony is the most unreliable source of evidence that we have. It's just, you know, people mix things up. You know, they, so we look, where where are the consistencies? Uh, in, in the consistencies, the, the one thing that was consistent across all... Seven. I thought there were six, but there's actually two in the first robbery. 
so all seven witnesses that saw these robberies, is that the robber was under five foot eight in every single one of them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Bob, this week on social media, you were putting out information about the case piece by piece. So can you explain what that process was all about? Well, yeah. So the first thing that I noticed when we started to review this case was that, in my opinion, it was insane that George Powell was convicted of this robbery. I mean, it was nuts. I saw the videos and saw this tiny little guy and then found out that George Powell was six foot three and thought, how how stupid is this? This can't be happening. This couldn't have happened. But the problem was that a lot of people already knew a little bit too much about the case, but there were some intricate details that they didn't know. So I didn't want to influence people's opinion. Um, so I tried to put this out before most people. It was on Sunday, before most people had heard the episode. Uh, and the first thing I did is I showed one angle. And this again, these are all on our YouTube channel. But I the, the one angle from 7-Eleven where you see the robber come in, he waits for another man to go to the, the register and, and write a little note and leave. And then he pulls a gun out of his pocket and robs the cashier and then walks out the door. We get a clear view of him walking in and out through the door that has the height tape measures on the side of the door that you see in most convenience stores. And from what I understand, you'll see three white uh, markers on that door. Uh, The bottom one is five foot. The middle one is five foot six. and The top one is six foot. However, those things are about an inch or two tall, so I don't know where that measurement is in there. I do know the top one. I believe the top of the top white mark is six foot. So it seems pretty clear. You see the guy walk in and out. But what I did is I put that video up and asked listeners to give me their best honest guess at how tall they think that the robber was. And we got a lot of really good response to that. You know, people were, there was someone who had um, commented that they worked in design, like some kind of interior design, and they designed storefronts like that, like uh-huh. in 7-Elevens. And she said, well, I know that that shelving unit behind him is 60 inches tall. And since it is hitting him at about his chin, he must be about five six. Other people said, "Well, I'm five foot four, and when I walk up to a convenience store counter, it comes to my hips, and that's about where it comes to on him." So, you know, people were judging based on where his hands were hitting the counter, uh, where he was at. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Don McElhaney used some engineering skills and a couple of phone calls to determine he thought that the robber was about five foot six. And other people were just kind of glancing and looking at the guy. And, and that's what I really wanted to see is, is from different perspectives how tall people thought this guy was. And, and there, were, there, was a, there was one or two people that did say they thought he was over six foot tall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the overwhelming majority of, of probably between all three platforms on Facebook and Twitter, probably close to 500 people have responded. And I would say 495 of those people all think he's under six foot tall. You know, and that could be five foot ten all the way down to five foot one. Sure. Um, and, and again, was based on counter height, the uh, shelving height, the tapes on the door, how tall he was compared to the other man, uh, so on and so forth. So then the next question, and I didn't tell anybody what my opinion was on. I just wanted to know what they thought. 
So then the next thing I did is I put up the other video, which is the same store, the same robbery, a different angle. And in this one, you can see the cashier. So the question that I asked in that post, and it's another YouTube video on our on our channel. Uh, and again, if you want to check this stuff out, just go to probably the best place is to go to the podcast fan page, Truth and Justice podcast fan page on Facebook, because that's where the most discussion was happening. But I just asked, how tall do you think the cashier is? And more importantly, do you think she's taller or shorter than the robber and by how much? And that was really interesting. So a lot of people responded on all the platforms again. And most people, I would say the average answer or the most common answer, I should say, is that the robber is a couple of inches taller than the cashier. Now, it's a tough angle. So people were kind of doing the same thing with the counter height and all this stuff. But uh, that was the most common. But there was there was a wider range this time. Almost, I, I would say probably 80% of the people thought that the robber was taller than the cashier. Uh, not many thought that he was much taller than the cashier. And then uh, a few people said the cashier was taller. Uh, and so I didn't tell anybody how tall the cashier was. I just wanted to see where does this range? What do people just at a glance think? And another thing I want to point back to at the first one where he's walking out the door, uh, there's, there was a lot of discussion on, which is the first thing that I noticed when you and I, Mike, started looking at the videos, mm -hmm. was I know the height of the door, the standard height of that door is going to be six foot, eight inches high. That's how a, a standard door frame. And what I noticed, and a lot of other listeners noticed, is that the top of the door frame is probably over a foot taller than the man walking out of it. From any angle, there's a whole lot of airspace between the top of his head and the top of the door. Matter of fact, I don't think the door frame is even in the in the uh, shot. Mm -hmm. um, so that was another thing. But um, so so now I know just watching the video how, about how tall people think that the robber was, and then. Uh, we asked the same groups of people, do you think he's taller or shorter than the cashier? By how much? Most most common answer was that he was taller, but not by much. Uh, a few, he was taller by five or six inches. And a few, very few, that she was taller than him. And then I gave the big reveal in the third post that said, here's a fun fact, people. The cashier is five foot one inches tall. Wow. She's exactly five one. Yeah. And you know what no one said? I think the robber's a foot and a half taller than her. Right. No one said that. So uh, what we know for a fact is that George Powell, the man that was convicted of these robberies, is exactly 14 inches taller than the cashier. So now, knowing that, go back and watch it, and it becomes painfully obvious that there is not a chance in hell that that's George Powell in that video. Yeah. Because you can argue whether the guy's two inches taller than her or five inches taller than her or six inches taller, but no one has made the argument that he is 14 inches taller than the cashier. So that's what was going on on social media. I think that it'd be really cool for more people to go check in. And I've kind of let the cat out of the bag now, uh, which we had to at some point, but uh, go watch the videos because if you have a different opinion, then we, we definitely want to hear it, but... You know, this was one of those cases where when Michael Ware came to me and asked me if we would do this, him and Allison, and I watched that first video and then saw a picture of George Powell, I thought, what a shit show. Like, this is, yeah. I don't even know how this happened.
Yeah, and speaking of pictures, Daniel Rohr posted something on the fan page. It was, uh, it was a photo taken from the door from the video surveillance from the fifth robbery with George Powell's image superimposed on it. Yeah, I saw that. I think that she actually pulled that from the Marshall Project, uh, which is a legal publication. If you look up George Powell Marshall Project on Google, you'll find the article. Uh, but that is where the Forensic Science Commission has looked into the photogrammetry expert. And uh, they use laser technology and the stuff we're going to talk about uh, a few episodes down the road. Uh, but yeah, they were able to superimpose to scale George Powell in that doorway. And he is towering over uh, the the photo that has the actual robber in the doorway. So um, yeah, I did see this. So that it was kind of cool that people are starting to already jumping on board and starting to research the case that they're they're a little ways ahead of us yeah on a lot of the stuff already yeah that doesn't happen all the time it's impressive okay and then i know you mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the episode but what's going on with this pcr hearing that george just had was it last monday yeah it was this monday just a couple of days ago uh yeah so george finally had his evidentiary hearing which is what we called in the non-sayed case a pcr hearing where his lawyers are presenting evidence before a judge claiming actual innocence and they had a number of claims we are going to have michael Ware on the podcast before this uh season is over uh which is going to be another probably four more weeks before we wrap this up and he'll explain all that but what i can tell you is there were no conclusions drawn they got about halfway through all of the witnesses that they wanted to put up and it's my understanding that the judge then said they're out of time they have a strict policy apparently in this courthouse in bell county hmm where um, they have to be out out of and clear the courthouse by 5 o'clock or 4.30 or whenever it is. Okay. Um, so they shut it down. My understanding is that they will continue the hearing on November 9th. Um, I think right now is what they're shooting for. So That's a ways out. Yeah, we're talking six weeks from now. Uh, and so hopefully maybe we can make it down there for that. Hopefully some of you can make it down there to that and help support George. Uh, I know we had a listener, Joe Gillis, uh, lives near that area and was there and took some notes for me. So thank you, Jill, for going. Um, and uh, she actually got to meet George's father and George's son, which um, and I know Allison told me there was a really emotional moment where George's son came in who he hadn't seen in several years. So uh, we'll get into all that uh, when we have a little more details on it. I, I just know very little at this point because we've been focused on, you know, just kind of researching for this Sunday's episode, which is going to drop in two days. And make sure you guys all tune in on Sunday, because this week what we're going to do is we're going to cover the prosecution's case. That's been the biggest question that everyone's had is, okay, here's five surveillance videos and seven witnesses that all indicate that someone that around five foot seven robbed these stores. How did a six foot three man get convicted? And that's what we're going to cover on Sunday on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is our executive producer. All music for the show was created by PutThemInASong.com. I want to thank Amanda Meyer for creating our Friday follow-up logo. And thank you to Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website. I want to thank our transcription team, Sarah Mueller, Anna Dindorf, Britta Bliss, and Stephanie McConnell. And also thank you to Desiree Dunn for printing and mailing out the transcripts every week. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. Keep sending in your thoughts, theories, and ideas to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at truthjusticepod. 
However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. As you know, I'm your host, Bob Rupp, and this is my co-host over here. Mike Bussing. That's how you introduced me, huh? You hey. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you pointed again. <laughs> Sorry. It was a nice point. It was it was a double point. Yeah. Yeah. Two-hander. <laughs> Whoa. Did that pick up? Yeah. <laughs> little belly noise for the podcast. No, no, it's not going to the bloopers or anything. A little belly noise. Listen. For the podcast. Don't be too funny here, because this is not staying. <laughs> it's not like you tooted. No, but it's still, belly, noise. belly noise on the podcast. <laughs> YouTube channel. What did I call it? Feed. Well, it's a, you know. It's a channel. It's <laughs> You got to get these terms right, man. This is the world of social media. It's a it's a channel feed. No, feed, the word feed does not exist in the world of YouTube. It's a feed. It feeds you the channel. Uh, listen, are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's a feed. Channel. It's my YouTube feed. YouTube channel. You whippersnappers. Subscribe to your channel. Subscribe to my YouTube feed. <laughs> Pissing me off, you know? <laughs> Saw an opportunity. You pounced on it. Yeah. <laughs> Completely distracted me. Don't remember what I was going to say now. Because, you know, with the crush, you can go either way. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Camel Crush. <laughs> He has long fingers, like some tall people have. Palma basketball, you know? Yeah, do right. Do backflips and dunk. Not all tall people can do backflips. <laughs> they can all dunk in old cigarettes and palma basketball. Right. But you, not you all went of way them. off track with the backflips. No, thing. not all of them can do backflips. No, probably most of them can't. I would actually. say probably 90% or more. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty high number. Have you thought about yourselves recently? I know they're little. They're tiny little guys. I know I can't see them. <laughs> Mike, have you thought about your cells recently? Brain cells? Gotta be honest, Bob. I'm a pretty humble guy. I never think of my cells. Put other cells first. <laughs>